And we are live. Welcome to InSync Live episode 7. It's our first episode of the year. My name is Ridwan and today we have the deep, deep honour of having Timothy J. Rodriguez, who is a lecturer with more than 21 years of experience teaching for the Media Arts and Design School in Singapore Poly. Mm-hmm. And before joining SP, he was also a music composer and audio engineer for Television Corporation of Singapore, which is now known as Mediacorp. And his notable works have included composing music for shows like local favorites, okay, like Growing Up, Triple Nine, Shiver, yeah. Under One Roof. Yeah. Did I miss anything up? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Tim, for doing this. No problem. It's a pleasure. Normally, how I like to start things off is to just ask you to share a little bit about your personal story. Right. And you can choose to share whatever you feel like sharing today. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, so right at the beginning, because you know, one day I came back from school in primary three, and my father told me there's a piano there. I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "There's a piano there. It said you're going to learn it." <laughs> <laughs> so it was a shock for me, but you know, I'm glad that happened. Yeah, he he was a musician, uh, you know, almost self self taught. He did take uh, lessons in guitar and stuff like that, mm. but that was later on. But you know, he played the accordion and stuff like piano. Yeah, my mom could play the piano just by 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 ear. Wow. So yeah, so I got into playing the piano, and that was the beginning. And then um, you know, my father was adamant about me making music a career because he was working at that time. He didn't like so much being working, although he was the boss. He didn't like working for a company. Okay, he thought, yeah. why don't you do things on your own? Be a music teacher, and then wow. you know, you know, be your own boss. That was his idea. I see. I yeah. See. <laughs> so, yeah, I did. Uh, you know, we we took the examina- music examinations and stuff like that. And then, of course, O levels came in the way. And then army, and then after army, I I went to work uh, with my cousin who had a music school. Okay. So it was Royston Music School. I think it's long gone by now, but uh, that was in Ulu Pandan, uh, you know, Pandan Valley. It's a condominium. So we were there, and then. The, there was an opening in uh, SBC at that time, Singapore Broadcasting Same. Corporation. That was before it became TCS. Wow. Right, so, and then uh, I applied and I, I basically, the, the reason why I applied for that is because I was interested in sound. I heard uh, Steely Dan, which is... Oh, you know, I love Steely Dan. Oh, Steely Dan. I heard this one <laughs> album, which was uh, Gaucho. Okay. So okay. I bought the record and I thought, wow, electric piano really, the sound of the electric piano, sh- you know, blew me away. I thought, how did they get that? You know, how, how did they get it to sound like that? How did they blend all this stuff together? And then, so I got interested in, in doing sound. And it, there was an, o- an opening for an operations officer. An operations officer would, would you know, they'd help out in the radio uh, shows and mm-hmm. they would do sound, record the uh, the band. With, uh, you know, SBC had an orchestra. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, uh, I went for that and then uh, I got in. And then, so before, before this, you had not done like live sound or... No engineering no, no, of no, anything. No. I was I was basically teaching piano and uh, an organ. Okay, okay. Uh, so uh, in the music school, and I, I was the manager, so I had to deal with MOE. Oh, okay. Because okay. MOE had uh, that they started looking at the syllabus of uh, all the music schools, making sure that everybody had uh, kind of you know, systemized and standardized. Yeah, systemized and standardized. That's I right. See. That's I right. See. Which is a good thing because you know then everybody has this. It's like uh, you get uh, a level playing field in, in, in terms of what uh, you to expect when you when you sign up to a school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the baseline level of education is consistent. Eh? Yes, that's right. That's right. I so see. consistency. A question I have then for that is how how do you learn 
about sound engineering and was it all on the job or was it through research? You Many of it was on the job and and the the guys who were experienced, you know, uh, uh, in radio those days and they used to record the orchestra and then so you pick up techniques from them and of course we had people from. Uh, Uh, the BBC and uh, NHK who came down and and gave us uh, lessons as well, you know, techniques and stuff like that. You know, taught us about microphones, you know, pick up patterns and uh, the difference between condensers and dynamic mics Ooh. and uh, and uh, what what you should use, uh, you know, what they use these mics for, right, you know. Right, right. And, and, and so you pick up from them, and then uh, of course most of it is by you know practical. Mm-hmm. You 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 learn and then you, you apply. So by recording and 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 sort of like listening to what you're doing and watching what how people set up the mics and then you go and try it out for yourself and then you experiment because you know that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. You, you, what it, what happens is I shift the mic here, you know, and I point it there. So or I, I change the type of microphone, right? You and, you're and, learning and doing at the yes, same time, you know. Yes. Actually, that is the best school. I agree. In, in terms of, uh, of course. In those days, we had a lot of opportunity because we were recording every day. Every day. Yeah, wow. there wasn't MIDI. Oh yeah, there wasn't yeah. anything Organic like that. There wasn't all, all that stuff. Yeah, so if you want to do a recording, you had to come into the studio. You had to have a musician. You had to have Human an engineer. Mic. You had to put the mic and you had to record the thing, and then you had to mix it. Yeah, and like a question is, because you did engineering, and you also did composition. When you were mm. you were there, which came first? So the engineering thing was first, and then it kind of yeah. So I taught music, as you know, yeah. but basically classical, you know, piano and uh, organ. Organ was with the uh, Yamaha syllabus. Okay. And then okay. after that, uh, uh, audio engineering. So you know, we didn't term it as audio engineering in uh-huh. those days. You know, we were we were sound guys. Sound guys. You yeah. <laughs> sound guys. You get the sound guy to do the recording for you, and then that, that was it. But you know, in those days, we didn't even have uh, many. Much of the stuff that we did was direct to two track. In other words, think, right. we'd have the band in there, and we'd mix it live in the studio, and oh. dump that to tape two track stereo. That's it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Sometimes with the singer in there as well. And you kind of you kind of mixing it. It's like your own live. performance with their performance. Exactly, Beautiful. you're mixing it live, and then you know. So, if the thing goes wrong, you'd have to stop the tape. I see. And then start all over again. There's no. You, you, yeah, you can't no like punch in. Or yeah, you can't. If they make a mistake, or if you accidentally forgot to press the record, but then you have to put the mic on, and then guys, can we do that again? <laughs> has has it happened? Yeah, something happened. <laughs> you never admit your fault. You say something happened uh, accidentally. Okay. That's yeah. energy. Then, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> It's wow. uh, but it was cool because when you did that, you learn how to balance that, that stuff live and and get a good mix. Because what happens is that after you record that, you play it back for them to hear. So the musicians hear what you've done straight away. Eh? Straight away. Wow, wow, there, wow. there was the mix. I yeah. think this lends an investment in like, the sound source being correct from the beginning. Yeah. Which is I think different now in this day and age. It's different because everything is. Uh, Is being cooked now. I mm, I yeah. I was recently thinking about it. You know, we teach all our students to use plugins and mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm. stuff. They have a wealth. I mean, what they have in the laptop is like a five or six studios worth of equipment right. that uh, before because you know we you had to physically patch. You only had one or two compressors. Mm. You didn't have a wealth of compressors like here. Every channel you can have <laughs> not only one. You can have two. You can have three. Chain, right? It's up to you. So you know. I 
I, I'm kind of like feeling now that that's a bit too much. That the production is being overdone. Overdone? Yeah, I like to, you know, less maybe is more. Get a good musician, get a good mic, record that person and don't do too much to it. That is the performance. You're capturing energy, right? In, yeah, in the it's a person's energy. I mean, in terms of level and stuff like that, yeah, you have to, you have to conform to what people require from you. You know, If you're, you're going to put it on Spotify or Apple, you need to have a, a standard. Mm. But then other than that, it's something that I feel that, you know, if, if music, it brings, the musician is the, is the person. Mm. It's mm. all this added stuff, this production that goes on behind the scenes that you chop up his voice or her voice and you play around with all of that. And somehow or other, in that process, some of them, I feel that some of the music dies. It's just too much. It's like, and it's becoming quite common. Mm. You keep hearing similar stuff all the way. I feel like it's a language that mm, the current generation understands better mm. because it's all they know really sometimes. Yeah. Nobody's going back because, why? Because more guys are getting, uh, as, I, as I was saying before, into live performance. Mm. So in a live performance, okay, production is less because mm. You, mm. you're listening to the musicians playing live, right? Uh, in a, well, it could be in a pub or in a club or, you know, in a theater, whatever it is. It's a live performance and you're there, you're watching it and you're listening to it. You're experiencing mm-hmm, it live mm-hmm. and the person has to play and perform at that level for you to be <laughs> entertained, yeah. right? It's a performance. It's an actual performance. performance. So yeah. that performance is actually, you You can't go and say, well, where, uh, that vocal now, let me let me f- yeah. reverse it. You can't. Well, you can't do that because you have a keyboard that can do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can sample and then you can trigger the sample from yeah. the keyboard. But that has to be part of the performance. Person playing the keyboard has to be in time and has to know which key mm-hmm. to press. Mm-hmm. They get it's that human. going. And it, yeah, it's, it's human. human eh? So it's something that I think uh, you you would pay money. You wouldn't pay money to go to a, a club and then the guy says, hi, welcome to my show. And wait, I think Thanks like, for being here and press the play button. That's how you call DJs. And bow and, and go out. <laughs> no, the DJ is present. He's yeah, moving true, with the though. music and he's he's mixing and he's doing stuff. Responding. As he goes, he's responding yeah, yeah. to what the crowd, the that's atmosphere true. and the, the crowd is like on that day. So in the true. same way, a live musician also, they look out into the audience and see what they, the response is and you know, there's a difference. It's so so I, I, I'm really glad that a lot of things are, people are moving back into you know life. More life. That's yeah. great. It's yeah. exhilarating because I, I played a live show recently yeah. in, uh, since Phase 3. Yeah. It's exhilarating to feel bodies in space again. How we've missed it, right? Since that, that lockdown oh and everything was gone for it, a while. And it's it's so terrible. different. But, you know, you know, hopefully everything comes back this year and we, we get back into the swing of it, which yeah. is, you know, is going to be great. I, you know, we've, we've had a number of students who come in and now they're playing live and then, uh, you know, that's... It's it's a joy to see them doing it. Right? You know. The eyes are all shiny, you know, in person. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. A, a question is because you've been mentioning students and all that. Like, uh, I have a question around the DMAT course, which for the viewers out there, it's called Digital Music Audio and Technology. Uh, diploma in Music and diploma Audio Technology. Diploma in Music and Audio yeah. Technology. Because I. I understand you were part of the creation process of this ah, course. Yes, yes. yes. And I'm, I'm deeply intrigued by this course because of its content, when it was actually introduced to Singapore, and also its influence. Like I have a number of friends who are still in the industry. And in fact, even our past six guests, I think three of them were from DMAT. <laughs> and they're all from varied industries, in a sense. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you first, like, what was the creation process like for a course like DMAT, which is, I think, very brand new, to Singapore at that time, 
four of the polytechnic level. That's right. It was the only one when it first started, and uh, in fact, there was uh, you know some questions as to whether the polytechnic should get into doing right. uh, uh, the art stuff, like you know, because polytechnics were actually basically they were engineering schools. Right. right, mechanical engineering mm-hmm. and electrical engineering and all of that. That's where they they started, you know, you know, and architecture. And so, but you know, uh, later stuff got added, like media. Yeah. So yeah. multimedia, multimedia technology. So we had a course in multimedia technology, which I taught in as well. I and see. that one had some <coughs> component of music because you know you, you can't have media yeah, without yeah. having music or audio in it yeah. because you know audio is a big part of it. So they had to get somebody in. That's how I went. I got into the poly in the first place. I see. So you were teaching that first. Yes. I see. I yes. see. And it was and then, in SP already. Yes. I see. And then we had an idea that we should actually move more into the music area, which was okay. a big question. And then we were quite, you know, we were supported by our director at the time, Mr. Song. And um, he, he, he told us, well, you know, he, he's looking at it. And so we were encouraged because you know, oh, wow. want us to teach music. Wow, that's that, you know, oh, we love music, fun. of course, and it's going to be fun. So we had to put the course together, and we had to think about our perspective. I did, you know, as part of the team was Michael Spicer. I think, yeah. uh, ah, yes, Kidir yes, would know him, and uh, he's an Australian and a good, great musician. Uh, he and a couple of us got together and started to think how we we basically based it on ourselves being like standalone guys I who see. could do the music and the, the the composing and the audio engineering on our own mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know because we were all two in one like yeah so especially like you know uh, for myself I, I started in the audio engineering right yeah and then yeah. you know of course I was a musician and then I, I got into composing See, that's a story in itself because it uh, when I was in Channel 5, I worked in uh, Studio 1 in, in TCS. It's a, it's a television studio. I went there to do mixing Gurmit. You know, oh, Gurmit wow. Singh had a show called Live on 5 and they, okay. they had a lot of music. It's uh, like a magazine show. I see. So they had interviews, comedy like sketches, and whatever. It was like a talk show. And then they had music. Um, and then they, they wanted somebody to, to be able to mix that stuff, oh. you know, because it's all live. I see. I right, see. So, so they brought me in. And then when I was there, uh, somehow or other, somebody told Kenneth Liang, who was the head of Channel 5, that hey, this guy is a musician, he can compose, you know. Okay. He's done some composition before. And so when he, you know, in those days, yeah, it, we take a break. And then Kenneth passed by one day and said, you, somebody told me you can do this. You want to work for Channel 5 and do, compose for our, oh, our wow. shows? Of course. I mean. Why would you say no, right? Why would you <laughs> say, would you say this, no? This like, is like something dropped. Mm. You know, from heaven, it's it, it's a present, wow. and so I said, of course. And then he did that. He brought me in, and that's where um, I started. You know, composing. Of course, when you when you start doing that, you start paying attention to what you're watching on TV too, because mm. you see what how the music is done. Right, right. Right. So we had a lot of TV shows from the states and from from the UK. So you know, we can watch. We watch that, and we you learn as you go along, and so you apply what you hear. You know, yeah. and you do it. It's this. It's a feedback loop. Yeah, feedback loop. And you know what was new then was MIDI. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. we, you know, uh, we use a Mac. Now, my experience with PCs was, you know, you had to type in commands in the, the old MS days, right? you know, and, yeah. and then you know, with the Mac, you could do almost everything with the mouse. Mm, was a mm. uh, was great. Wow, that's a life changer. Life changer. Yeah. <gasps> 
Can we share We're going to get back to the DM80 topic. Mm-hmm. Let me share a little bit like, how would it work if you had to compose music for a, a growing up thing or a triple uh, nine thing? We have a day. Okay. Sometimes maybe a bit more than a day, depending on the, day. on the, on the, you know, what they wanted for that particular uh, episode. Okay. So some of it is top music. We, we, we had already composed something. Okay. And some of it was, they said, oh, for this scene, we want it from here to here. We want to, We want this kind of, you know, the the producer would talk to you. I see. In in, in television, it's the producer. In 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 film, it would be the director. Director, right, yeah. Yeah. So he'd tell you, okay, or she would tell you, yeah, music here, probably you know, Tim. What about something here that's a bit light mm. or whatever it is? And then we do, and then they come in and listen, mm, right? Mm. And then once they say okay, then we we mix it, send it off to the dubbing area, and then uh, they would add in the M and E on the other side, and then they would add the music into the the sound effects and whatever it is and then package the whole thing together. Oh, wow. And your role had to be done in a day. Something timeline was tight. A day, a day and a half. Wow, I remember staying back, you know, I, we did Shiver. The first sh- episode of Shiver was a, a like a tester. Okay. And uh, and we stayed back. You know, I did with this guy called Domingo who is now in the States, a good trumpet player. Okay. And um, we worked on this Shiver thing, right? And then I looked at the time and I looked at him and I said, my God, we've been, hey, we've been at this so long, it's only 5 p.m. <laughs> He said, Tim, it's 5 a.m. <laughs> we, we have stayed the whole, I said, Are you sh-? yes. <laughs> you know, when you're doing it, you just forget. Yeah, you forget yeah. time. Wow. <laughs> we we weren't even hungry because we, were so, we needed to get it done and finish it so that uh, we could get that show out the next day for the executive producer to pass it on to management to have a look my goodness so that and it's beautiful because you're composing and then you're mixing and ca- kind of at right. the same time also because you're you kind of mixing as you're going as you go along right, yeah. right. so you, you you start off you know as you would often you know being a pianist often enough right, you would right. you get a piano and you start doing something and then you think okay maybe it's either you want an electric piano or a real piano sound and then you would start adding you know? I see I right see. and then sometimes you think oh that piano doesn't really we just want you know something else and you if you access? wanted a guitarist we'd get a guitarist because uh, yeah, exactly. in those days the guitar samples weren't great mm, mm. Right? super midi I'm sure yeah it was uh, midi sounding you could yeah, tell it was yeah. a fake guitar from yeah. a mile away <laughs> but you know so you get a real guitarist like when I did um A couple of the sick tunes that we did, uh, we actually got real guitarists to come in and and, and dub in the parts. Wonderful. Yeah, so you know, MIDI, and then of course you had we had people who real uh, horn players, uh, horn players. We had beautiful. we had brass and we had saxophone guys still around, and they would add their part in. Like you know, the famous one is uh, which I didn't do is Portugal. Okay. I don't really know what you come yeah, yeah, but I yeah, mixed that. My ear. Oh, you mixed yeah, that. I mixed that. Da, da, da. <laughs> and yeah, we, yeah. we were the oil in the studio. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then uh, no, no, we got we guys, know. the real brass in there. Because it sounds real, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. And it is real. But the bass is all MIDI. It was I all see. MIDI. Yeah, just the bass and stuff like that, you know. That was a heyday for me, for like TV shows. Yeah, yeah, I've not owned a TV since like, 10 years. Oh, years. You've not owned a TV since yeah. then. <laughs> do you have a widescreen in your house so you I, watch movies? And we, we don't. You don't? Yeah, know? I'm not a fan anymore. You're not a fan, right? But I watched Pochukang, Under One ah, Roof, I growing know, up. The, the old stuff, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm talking to someone involved in that yeah, production. Yes, it, it, uh, you know, uh, 
the old stuff is uh, nostalgic for yeah. people. Yeah. You know, they they remember how Singapore was before. Yeah, now it's yeah. but some of it was short. The scenery is all, you know, the old Singapore. Mm-hmm. And for them, nostalgia is important. And uh, you know, especially those who grew up in the eighties and mm. yeah. Did I grow up in the eighties? No, I was born. <laughs> I was born in the eighties. <laughs> you were born in the eighties. Yeah, but you you know it it, it would have been into the 90s as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it would have crossed yeah, over. Because at that time, the internet was, wasn't even there. What was the internet? Yeah, yeah. wasn't even there. So, you, you know, basically you watch TV. That was your pastime. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of had to, right? Yeah, your yeah. release. It's either that or radio. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah. Like, so, talking around this and also then your influence in creating this DMAT course, uh. like, how did it pan out eventually? The discussions around the syllabus and yeah. What to teach so in three years? You know, like it's a three-year course. We had people course. coming in and giving ideas as to what uh, needed to be included in the course, and of course, we'd we'd argue and you know, and but you know, of course, we all realized that there needed to be some core modules, like you know, you know, from musician musicianship, hmm. music theory, right, 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 and of course, audio recording. So in audio recording, I came up with the the term uh, recording and mixing techniques. Okay, so R E M T. I see. Recording I see. and mixing techniques. So that, you know, of course you record and then you mix. So that was the idea. I and see. of course, you know, we, we created studios. We built studios. So we have three studios in, uh, in, in DMAT right now, in, 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 in SP, I see. recording studios. But uh, when we started the course, you know, uh, laptop uh, was just coming into... We, initially when we started, oh. we had actual physical computers, main... You know, uh, uh, we had PCs. We didn't even have Macs then. I see. So I we see. used Cubase when we first started. Cubase, okay. Yes, we used Cubase. But now it's all like Macintoshes. And then, you know, laptops became... Because, you know, oh, right, right, they, they yeah. were starting to stop uh, buying the... Uh, it was expensive to have so many computers in the lab, right? And you had to maintain them. So, And also the idea was uh, if the, the kids had their own laptops, they could bring it home and do work. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to be in the school all the time just to use the facilities probably not enough not enough yeah. and and you know you don't want that, you don't want them to stay the whole day there doing mm. you know project work and stuff like that mm. it'd be good if they could take it home and work on it so a laptop was ideal wow. and then you know of course we had software it came along Interesting. and so apple offered the you know a bundle i see i and, see in logic and and we went with that this this is very interesting to me because the course is a new thing and then mm. all these other new things that were happening and at the same happening. time. And so we, we caught so the up. energy yes. meeting. We, wow, had, to, really we had to move with the times because, you know, you can't be left behind and say, oh, no, we'll, we'll keep that for another day and right, maybe right. That, this will become important in the in the future. But no, we, we, we have to, to keep abreast because the industry is changing and it has changed quite a lot, you know, over the years from what it was, as I told you, you know, you had to record everybody in those days. Yeah, right now, yeah. you have this one guy with the, the keyboard and one samples guy. and what, 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 whatever he has uh, in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything is in there. The band yeah. is in there. And the band is in there. Yeah. So real, so real. The band's on the grid. And, you know, the quality of the stuff is much better than what it ever was before because sampling and everything is, you know, it's fantastic now. Mm-hmm. So uh, you get good quality stuff, right? So how much of it needs to be live, that depends on the producer. Mm. And, do they think, oh, we want a real guy, you know, we want a real trumpet player or sax in here. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. that adds that final gloss. Yeah. yeah of yeah. course, singer, you can't. Yeah. They are. You kind of <laughs> now yeah. can, I think. Yeah, you can, yeah. but ah, nothing beats a real singer. Yeah, you you yeah. need to see a human. 
yeah. delivering yeah. the song because the song is very uh, it's a human thing it's very it's uh, you know such a human thing that's why they call it humanities because you know music is in there mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's one of the most human things we do yeah yeah, yeah. I mean we have bird song but human <laughs> song with meanings you know because they want to reflect what they feel mirror like, a okay. mirror yeah, yes yeah. exactly a question I have for the DMAT thing because like I mentioned I feel like the graduates from DMAT are, are different in their very specific individual ways and they are affecting or like having waves of impact in whatever they do mm. be it are they a songwriter I think there's arts managers also yeah. I think there's producers like yeah. friends that I know from DMAT I don't know whether you can remember them uh, like Adam Shah yeah of course James Lai James Lai Aaron James Lee Aaron James Lee Bunny yeah. Hider we were talking about Bunny Hider Hider one of our yeah, co-founders yeah, Hider, you know? yeah. and it's, it's beautiful because I feel like the influence you all have and still have on the mm. budding industry in Singapore the arts and music industry is complex and probably not expected also maybe some of it was was designed but I think the the breadth of influence like how how do you feel about that when you view the your graduates I'm, and your I'm, past I'm students I'm so happy that we didn't we didn't change who they were I see they they came in and we never told them you must do this you know you must produce this kind of music this is what sells. So you can only do pop. Mm-hmm. Forget about the rest. If you do that, you're going to confine everybody into and then they can't be creative. You know, you give them a box. Mm. We don't want we we never wanted to give them a box. So I'm glad that everybody does things differently and and they're into different stuff. So and and that's that's been one of the triumphs of the course that we've not it's really beautiful. you know, we've we've give I hopefully we've given them a skill set. Mm. and they they know production techniques right? they know what to do uh, and how to get the music done you know and what it is required to get it up to a standard that is uh, you know broadcast mm. standard which we used to say broadcast standard but it's something that can sell can be played over the air and, you know it's it's quality stuff you know quality when you hear it mm. right mm. so we wanted that most importantly not what kind of music Mm. That is up to the individual. You come in, you learn, and you produce, and you create. You, we don't, we can't influence your. It's the best songs ever written were very personal songs. Songs that came from a, an experience that you, the composer, experienced for themselves, or somebody else that they knew experienced it. Yeah. They wrote a story about it, and that became the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so and no one else could have really written no, that. No song, one else right? could have done it. They, yeah. they, they did in a specific way that was what they felt mm, mm. you know and, and you know of oh, course you know we all learn from each other there's there's, yeah. there's genres right and yeah. the genres uh, you know because you listen to a type of music and you don't live you, in a vacuum you yeah. don't live in a vacuum yeah. and you and you probably have a, a preference for certain mm. types of genres when mm. you listen to this and that and 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 that's part of your identity mm, mm. but it doesn't mean that you need to compose in that genre and, and anybody at any time can influence you and that's where you know that influence is from outside mm. you know, but if you know the techniques and whatever it is internally and you've, you've studied it and you're, you're, you're familiar with what needs to be done and, and, and you understand what, how to get it mm. right to a certain point then that is the important thing you, you, beautiful because you, yeah, yeah. you can bring out the expression then exactly in, in the way you should exactly you know? oh, like 21 years 
mm. lecturing at SP. Mm. What, what are some like stories or the most memorable students you've had? <laughs> you know, in the more than two decades of teaching. I was telling you, I recorded Barney. Uh, yeah, Barney yeah, Hidde, yeah. Uh, on the drums, and I had four mics on him. We had uh, two of the cheapest condenser, large diaphragm condensers, which which is what we could afford to buy at the time. We were just brand oh. new, and we we built three studios. So I see. Uh, we didn't have much money to buy equipment, so we had that. <laughs> and then we put uh, SM58 in the kick and the SM58 on the snare, and we recorded him. I see. And <laughs> amazing, we, you know the way that he played the touch. It's my favorite drummer. Yeah, he's fantastic. So that, but that came came out in the recording, so. Yeah, the audio technology part of it is there. You know, mm-hmm. you still have to pan it, mix it, EQ it, compress, whatever. But, you know, the player is also important. The performance is important. You have to capture that performance. That's the whole idea of recording technology is to capture the performance. You, know. you stick a mic on a guitar cab and you, that's the sound that the guitarist is, he wants. He has his pedal board and he has adjusted the amp to what he wants. You capture that as best as you can and you try to represent it in the mix that's all that's all right yeah, that's all that's, that's basically all. yeah no, they, they, you're capturing is. energy well. I really believe that it, you're capturing true, the energy something of someone it's true I, I still love the idea of getting the band together in the studio like this you know and, and, and having them play and then capturing them yeah I think Nothing. that's how Toto oh. you know Rosanna that's how it was recorded they, they were I on, on uh, in the studio I think on, on stage I can't remember there's a story behind it, but it was done live. Yeah. I see. Except for, you know, the main vocals and stuff mm, like that. Yeah. Mm, it's overdubs from Yeah, overdub. But yeah. it does translate though. That recording is timeless. Yeah. You know, you you can listen to it now and still feel There's a certain good. energy, la, because yeah. Of course, you know, some of the, the brass and stuff like that they were dubbed. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. But oh. you know, basically that the band playing together with the drummer and the bassist and the guitarist and all that, all in on stage and the keyboard players. You know, um, they were all there together, and then they, you know, that energy was captured on tape. I love, yeah, I love that. Right. I love that. Hopefully, we go back to that at some stage. That you know, recording mm. studios are, are are going away now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah because we're in a people, very nice one. Yeah, yeah, we're in a nice, lovely place. But you know, all the recording studios are suffering from lack of people booking it because uh, everything's done in the box. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good and bad with doing things in the box because if you have a sketch and you, have, you want to get ideas out mm, mm. that that laptop that box provides you with the opportunity to do so now to not lose so you have idea. all the instruments in there you, mm. you can tweak and, and do whatever you like and then once that is done you got to think now is that going to be what I want is this mm, the true mm. representation of what that is you know do I want to get true actual guys yeah. and record this you know yeah, yeah. yeah for example you can't do MIDI with jazz you can't, you there, can't. there's no way the time feel the tone be, yeah exactly the dynamics no you yeah, can't you can't yeah like another question I have is like how has COVID impacted delivery yes, of the see. education in SP and in oh. your field in particular mm. and maybe how do you think that's going to inform future syllabuses now moving forward it, it definitely will have some some influence yeah because you know um as they say, it's it's the new norm. Mm. You know, so lectures are basically online now. So you know, is it still online right now? Yes, I see. Even when we are back to school now, we, we oh, wow. the lecture component is uh, for students to do it. You know, 
online. I have a class on Tuesday. That lecture is going to be available on Monday for them to have a look. On, right? on Sunday, in fact, tomorrow, I will yeah. send out a message telling them the materials available. You go there, you have a look. And then when you come in on Tuesday, it's for the practical side of it. Oh. So we'll talk a little bit about what happened in, the, in that lecture. So we make sure you understand. And then we do the practical that's related. Mm. So doing that in person in a space, socially distanced. I see. Right. We, we're actually back in class. But of course, right, we, right. we're socially distanced I now. See, I see. And... Um, yeah, so we, we have this, uh, he will know what I'm talking about, T2044. What is that? The famous place in... Uh, it's a studio? <laughs> room? Well, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lab. I see. It's a music lab. So, you know, but we, it's a big, it's a bigger, it's the one of the, I think it's the biggest one that we have. Right? Okay, okay. Yeah, so we have, uh, the students can space out. We're in a class see. and then they have their laptops. And then we do the practical class there. And I then see. we have the recording studios that are just next door. I see. So I if see. they need to record, they just pop into the studio. Oh, beautiful, yeah, beautiful. Right. And do do you think like is there discussions around syllabus planning in terms of because now this kind of the new new norm to get familiarized with tools well, like conferencing, you know, like that, that yeah, sort of thing yes. has that has we, that we, come we, into of play course, with Zoom? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody had to pick up Zoom in. How to get Zoom in stereo? Yeah. We, Right. I still don't so know how to get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the internet. Yeah, yeah. We have to figure that out. So, you know, um, but yeah, see, it's, it's a tool. Another, it's a tool. There mm. are always going to be tools being yeah, added. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's basically the content. So how, how can you best deliver this if you can't be face-to-face? If you can't have, you can't be in the same studio with a person, how are you going to teach them recording techniques? It's oh going to be goodness. tough. But you can give them examples. You yeah. can give them this is what happens when the snare mic is put right uh, here, pointing to the center of the snare as opposed to, on, to the rim, towards mm-hmm, the rim. There's a different tonality and a lot of examples are already out there. And you can create that and you can show them that and they, they can understand that. Right? I see. And so when they go into the studio, on, then they know, okay, there's a difference you know, in, in how you place it. Mic and kind of mic you use. How has it impacted you in terms of like the clarity of instruction? Do you find that you've had to, you've had to be able to be more concise and clear? And you know mm. when you're online with with students, and especially when you're doing a Zoom, you've got to remember that you can't be too long-winded with anything mm. because the you know they're looking at the screen now, mm. and the attention span is going to be short it's for sure. Be so like you can Netflix. get it out of the way, get them to do something, and then set them. So a task, mm. let them explore and do that and then come back and re- review what you've asked mm. them to do and then mm. see whether they've done it correctly or not. That's the best plan. That's, yeah. the, that's a, an interesting flow of time, planning the mm. flow of time. So you have to plan. You, you, I try to keep mine as short as possible. I think the students can testify to that. <laughs> I, I generally, de- I don't want to keep them there for long with me talking because you know, you're know going to lose them. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. going to lose them. That's so keep it not too short. I mean, don't say, hi, go and do this. Bye. <laughs> no, it's not that. You have to explain what you want them to do and why and the results and then you go and get them to do it and then uh, come back and check it and see how they've done. Mm-hmm. You know, whether everything is okay. They understand most importantly mm. and they can apply. It's like theory application review yeah, all right. in one sense. Right. Beautiful. Right. Yeah. O- on that note, right, mm. talking about live performances and all that, we have a musical guest per episode. Mm. So we're going to have a listen to her for a Ooh, bit. Cool. 
her name is Elena Hertz, singer-songwriter and performer from India. And she's going to sing for us together with Elsa Michaela her song entitled Afraid to be Honest. I hope I got the title right. It's a lot of info here. <laughs> Take it away, right?
Alright, I hope you enjoyed that performance by Elena Hetz. If you like her stuff, or just just follow her. Just support our fellow local budding musician, you know, on her Instagram handle. Which I think was flashed across the screen back then. Mm. So, Tim, one final question I have for you is... Because we always kind of have a person or individual in mind when we do this podcast. It's for that 16-year-old who's about to graduate with all levels and levels and thinking <laughs> about the future. Mm. Getting into the scene. Yeah. yeah, and in this case, the scene of the arts and the music industry. Mm. What advice would you have for someone like that? I would say basically follow your passion because at the end of the day, it's it. in order to be successful at something, it has to be something that you feel that you really want to be a part of. And and if you try your best to be part of it and somehow or other it doesn't work out, you still tried and you still attempted and you still did, right? And it still remains a passion with you. Even if you're not successful, who knows? You, you, you might, not be, might not be successful immediately, mm. but it could be in the future. So you, it's that staying power also. But for a, a person who's 16, who's just finished all levels, and is looking at a career, mm. they have to consider basically what, they should basically consider what they, their passion is and also what they see themselves doing in the future. Do they see themselves doing music or media, right? If they do see that, then they have to attempt to do something in that space, mm. right? Come in to courses, not only in the police, but their courses are, elsewhere and then you need to give it a good go that means you need to put in an effort you can't say I want to do something and then if magically it happens I join the course and then wow I'm there you're not because you have to put in the effort right even we, we have students who come in who are already many of them are skilled right uh, like Aaron James Lee <laughs> uh, he I mean you can't teach him anything because he's already yeah. there. Yeah, but he, production techniques and stuff like that, he has to pick it up from us, mm. right? And, you know, proper way of miking the drums. And, although he's a drummer, right? And then seeing that result, uh, that's something that we can add. So if he wants to, if, even if you're a good musician and you know that you know you, you can do it, but you want to learn all of that skill set, you know, that comes along with it, or you want to delve into other areas, you know, media whatever media, multimedia stuff, like, you know, for example, even if you wanted to get to know, you know, a bit about what animation, video, and stuff like that, then choose courses that have that ability for you to put all these things together, right? So, I, I know I'm plugging my course, but media, it, arts design, media arts design yeah. is something that you, you, you possibly should be looking at. Right? Yeah, in, uh, that's the new diploma that we are starting. Uh, the intake is this, this year. Right? So yeah, all level results and then they're coming in to apply. Uh, so that media arts and design packages all these elements together. right? And in fact, in first year, you have tasters so you can actually taste some of the other modules and uh, the other disciplines that are in there. So animation, video, music, music yeah. production, you know. And, and then you decide, okay, I'm suited for this and then I'll go for it. So, so the first year... It's kind of like it's you take everything yeah. and then secondly you specialize. Well, everything that's uh, you know you, you learn the the, the, the necessary uh, uh, skill sets that to put you in the right frame of mind to to start off a journey in media, 
Mm-hmm. Right? Because media is a very generic word. It, it covers, uh, encompasses a lot of things, you know. So a lot of disciplines. Mm. So, you know, having said that, you know, there's still some things that are common within that creative mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you do, you know, storytelling is an important part of it because, you know, story, music, composing a song is storytelling. Story, yeah. So you're telling a story. How do, how do you best utilize mm-hmm. your, your skill sets to deliver this? Yeah. That's where it becomes interesting. And then you learn that methodology and then you can apply it, you know, and then you become creative. Experiment, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a way of living, it of is, being yeah, almost exactly. eventually being a creative person is right, and then you a choose. Lifestyle. In fact, it's a permanent lifestyle. It is. It, it is. is being creative. You can't switch it off. Yeah, you, you, it, it's, it's a wonderful lifestyle. Yeah, I think. A, yeah. Well, that's that's no, that's lovely advice. Also, to like really reflect and be conscious about this choice now, mm. to give it a proper go. And also to give it a proper go. Yeah. Yeah, because you definitely give it a heck of a go in the beginning also. Yeah, that, you do. Because you need to pick up the skills, you know, so you have to focus and, and, and get to the point where you're really good at it. And then, yeah, that's when the magic happens when you know you've mastered it, right? Yeah. Only tools. But, you know, having mastered it doesn't mean you still don't learn, right? You, you, yeah, you still, yeah. It's a lifelong process. Lifelong student. Yeah, lifelong. Everybody, lifelong is, student. everybody right. is. Everybody has to have that mindset, I think. Then you get the growth, continual yes, growth. Exactly. Wonderful, Tim. Thank yeah. you so much for spending your Saturday with us. No problem. It was a pleasure. And I think that's all the time we have today. Great. And I'm just going to sign off by saying my name is Ridwan. This is InSync Live Episode 7, where we interview practitioners from various industries from sound design, education, engineering, musicians, artists. And I hope to eventually expand into interviewing people from the dance scene, mm. the theatre scene, and just have the Singapore culture be kind of introduced to everyone for free, which isn't the case, you know, normally. You kind of have to go seek out, seek out, seek out. So on that note, I think I will see you next month for episode 8. Thank you, Tim, and thank you for tuning in. Cheers, guys.